This is a News Laundry podcast and you're listening to NL versus NL. I can't shout over you. I'll tell you why. I separate this traitor. Are you a Maoist sir? Let's make debates great again. NL versus NL. So welcome to NL versus NL another news laundry versus news laundry episode this time it is me abhinandan sekri arguing and debating with our amazing crack desk head editor mehraj loan hi mehraj hi abhinandan thanks for the introduction that was a little <laughs> too much <laughs> yes i have to do that before i completely start punching you like arnab so <laughs> but um, okay we will be discussing we will be debating rather should army personnel or soldiers and officers be allowed to express dissent publicly uh, and i am going to be against that motion or against that proposition and mehraj is for it and just so you know the idea of nl versus nl is to reclaim the debate to make debates great again and since debates have become this horrible shouting matches where only enemies can disagree with each other we want to demonstrate that friends and colleagues and peers can disagree with each other and yet leave us friends and most importantly our news laundry newsroom is not one you know cocoon that thinks the same we have different opinion and we're not just doing this because i have to be pro and you know someone has to be against all the positions we take on this are our true positions that our wonderful co-producer of this show along with parikshit meghnad has patched up people and done matchmaking so if you're a news laundry subscriber you can also feature on this and meghnad will match you up with someone who you disagree with and can respectfully and cordially argue so on that note do you want to start meraj or should i yes absolutely i'll go first okay please so i think soldiers should be allowed to express dissent publicly now first what do i mean by dissent two things one they should be free to question the decisions of the superiors that they think aren't legally morally and even uh, strategically right right this doesn't necessarily mean that they are disobeying orders you can disagree with the decision yet carry it out i mean it it happens with all of us all the time if we work in an organization or even live with a family we disagree with decisions and yet we live with those decisions second thing is when i say the military should be allowed to express dissent i don't mean it as an institution i don't mean the for example the army chief should be expressing dissent on behalf of his entire force that happens in a different context and we can debate that separately so this is restricted to individual soldiers individual officers now there are two reasons that are usually given by those who say soldiers shouldn't be allowed to express dissent one is that it will lead to politicization of the military code and code and two that it will affect discipline which usually means that they won't respect authority in the second round of the debate i'll try and explain why both these arguments are really flawed i'll also try and explain how letting soldiers speak publicly can serve as an effective mechanism of uh, accountability and for an, that is for an institution that practically has no accountability as of now and i'll also explain how this whole idea that the soldier must do whatever is asked of him without question is a relic from a time when we were ruled by kings and not democratically elected governments and why this whole idea runs counter to the objective of the military back in the time when we were ruled by the kings the objective of the military was completely different to what it should be now in a democratically elected uh, society a society that's governed by democratic laws okay so yeah fine so i completely disagree 
and I shall argue several points, whatever the time allows. But the most important thing that you spoke about that we do it all the time in our families and organizations like ours. The thing is context is key for anything. Freedom of speech may be a virtue and I think it is a virtue and I'm a freedom of speech absolutist, but context matters and the Indian military or the American military or any military around the world cannot have that freedom of speech. In fact, uh, this is laid down in our military act, I think it's called, and it's, it's called the restrictions of fundamental rights. And it's the 19th point, the fundamental right to form associations, unions enjoyed by every citizen under the article 191C of constitution does not apply for military personnel. Political and non-military activities, no person subject to the act shall attend address or take part in meetings or demonstrations held. Now you may say this is not about freedom of speech. The point I'm making is it's a slippery slope. Restricting freedom of speech, which includes freedom to dissent, is part of a much larger group or set of things. You cannot say give them one to, dis to dissent, but take away the rest. Once you have given that, you'll say what well, the Jawan is allowed, the Colonel is allowed, the Brigadier is allowed, but the General is not allowed or the Chief of Staff is not allowed. The purpose of the army is very different from a newsroom or a family. The purpose of the army is to take on enemies. That is what armies are for. It is to fight an enemy and it is an extremely powerful organization. And I will tell you why it is so dangerous. And in fact, you know, uh, trying to speak for the freedom of speech of freedom to dissent in the Indian military, in my view, is counterproductive to democracy. And anyone who actually is arguing for that is putting democracy in peril. And I wish will demonstrate how that has happened in many parts of the world where you gave the military that right. And before you knew it, military crushed democracy. Okay, so uh, Abhinandan, some of the points you made, I'll just, uh, while I try to explain my argument, which I laid out in the introduction, some of these points will be addressed in this. So the first thing is that the idea of the military will become politicized if they're allowed to dissent publicly, I think misunderstands the very nature of armies. It presumes that the military is somehow apolitical. That's never the case. Military is by design a political tool and it's an instrument, a very sharp one at that, that's designed to achieve political lens. I mean, as Clausewitz famously said, war is political uh, politics by other means. So obviously those who wage war are political agents. India is exhibit A of how the military is by design a political tool. Just look at where it has been deployed since independence and for what purposes, even now. Another objection to soldiers expressing dissent publicly is that it leads to the military interfering in political affairs. The opposite is true, in fact. I mean, as we have seen the last over the last few years in India, the Modi government has openly used the military for political ends, and the military has gone along willingly, or we think it has gone along willingly, because the military's leadership has given us that impression. Maybe the entire military officers, soldiers down the line don't agree with this direction of how the military is going, but we wouldn't know because they aren't allowed to speak openly. Another objection is that it'll lead to indiscipline, that they won't obey orders, for example. But I think that's a red herring. It's similar to saying if an ordinary person has freedom of speech, they'll necessarily use it to incite violence. Also, this restriction, I think, is inherently undemocratic. So what I was saying is the idea of soldiers doing what they're told without question comes from a time when we were ruled by kings. The only authority the king had was one that he was he was king, he was divinely ordained, and that he had an army at his command through which he could express his power, use his power. So if the army showed some bit of dissent, or they didn't always follow the orders blindly, the sovereign's authority was gone. That's not the case in a democracy because sovereignty and authority lie with the people and those people include the soldiers. 
So in a democratic society, the soldier has as much stake in how the country is run and how its institutions are organized and function. And that includes the military as anybody else, every other citizen. So if they shouldn't be allowed to have a say in how the country is run, how its institutions are run, which include the military, then they should not be allowed to vote either. Because giving somebody the vote by definition means that that person has a say in how the country and its institutions are run. And apart from all this in India in particular, allowing a soldier to dissent publicly is a practical necessity. Why I say that is because this country has made shameful laws that give impunity to soldiers for even the worst of crimes, cold-blooded murder, rape, torture. And those laws have been used repeatedly by military officials to commit heinous crimes without accountability. And there are practically no checks on the military, no institutions of accountability as I mean, the last 70 years have shown us. So letting soldiers speak publicly about what goes on could serve as a mechanism of accountability within the military. The fear that somebody would speak up, that their actions would be, would have cause if they do something illegal, if they go against the, they make some, like say a fake encounter, for example, the very idea that it could become known because your subordinates will talk about it is a very powerful means of keeping those people accountable, which right now doesn't exist. Knowing their actions will become known, I think is a very powerful tool of accountability. So I think the fundamental place, your starting point and my starting point is different, is that I think how you look at the military is as an institution, it is an anachronistic institution, which is not true. While what you say, I think is a bit of a um, red herring or, or let's say a strawman argument that because there are rapes and because the military does all sorts of heinous things, therefore dissent will stop that. The two are unconnected. On the contrary, I could argue that would make the army all the more brazen. For example, if I had to give you the Amin, or I could give you the example of Pakistan. Once the army takes over, then the civilian government can say goodbye. And the problem is that while you give a larger perspective of, you know, that they should be allowed, but the general should not. How are you going to actually practically interpret that? How are you going to say that general upwards cannot express dissent publicly, but the soldier can? And when you say that these guys don't speak up and that that's why things get hidden, of course, court-martials happen. I'm not disputing that the army does all the heinous things that you have said in India and even in other countries, but your prescription will not address that. In fact, that will embolden them even more when they know that we can get away with it. Now, it is not just unique to the army. Like I said, context is everything. Democracy is fantastic to run a country, but the army cannot be a democratic institution. Why it cannot be a democratic institution is, and I will give you the example that some jobs which require like the charge of light brigade. Mine is not to reason why, mine is just to do and die. It also applies to film crews. The thing is because we are used to a newsroom, we think that virtue applies everywhere. When I was working in you know monsoon wedding, we had this shoot in Chandni Chowk, which at that time was even more crowded and worse than it is right now. I'm talking about 99. And we had a crew of about 35, 40 people, out of which 20 were angrezes in these little banyans. And I was like, dude, where are you going to take these ladies in Chandni Chowk, shoot a scene and come out? And we guys were responsible. We were like 21, 22, 23 year olds, responsible for security and making sure everything works. Now, everyone was paloing yan. I think yahan se frame banna chahiye, yahan se frame banna chahiye. We were told by a camera head that you are not here to give VTs on how we should shoot this. We have people way more experienced than you who will take that decision. You make sure we are not mobbed, our stuff isn't stolen, we can get in and get out. 
a camera unit works like a platoon and that is exactly what i was told the cinematographer head decides where the lights are to be placed we don't tell him that the light would be better here or better there if he asks you you answer if he doesn't place it in 30 minutes we should have the shot in 45 minutes we should be out of there without any untoward incident so a couple of things first is uh, you gave the example of the emir of pakistan so there's a fundamental i think misunderstanding here what i'm talking about is military within a democratic society edi amin and pakistan that you are talking about of a mil, uh, of a country under military dictatorship that's a separate issue second point is uh, about i'm not saying the generals shouldn't have freedom of speech and soldiers should i'm saying generals shouldn't be speaking on behalf of the entire force when it comes to freedom of speech and the other point about uh, like i when i started i said that it should it uh, expressing dissent shouldn't necessarily mean that you don't follow orders like you gave the example of the film crew you can disagree with whether this is the right frame to do or not do but eventually you do what your director says that is all i'm saying i'm not saying they should they should if he disagrees with that then he should just say okay i won't do this and that's the example we follow in every organization right but that is what i'm saying military is not any other organization the military not only has the capability and power it has the means and training to do devastation at a level which no other organization does our newsroom doesn't nestle doesn't mr narayan murthy and whatever infosys doesn't we can sit together and say aap aisa karo aap aap aisa karo when there are lives at stake when you are a part of a platoon you see why are why don't they admit people in the army in the 30s why do they ask you to have really short hair why should your shoes already be polished these don't help them in fighting this is to inculcate a culture that when you are told to take a bullet you will take a bullet it is the only organization in any country in the world where one man can say now you will go out there and you will shoot knowing very well that all of them will die and the soldier will carry it out you are talking about an organization where you are going to be asked to take a bullet and you have to say yes i will take that bullet knowing you will die in fact tennyson wrote the charge of light brigade it was one of the most ridiculous battles they knew they were going to lose it comes from you know in the 1854 battle of balaklava in the crimean war i think that demonstrates why you cannot have that and when you say that you're not saying that someone should not be listened to but when you are in a situation where lives are involved where is life and death situation and five people are giving you vts then you can say goodbye to doing anything for anyone not only will you get your own platoon killed you'll probably get everybody else killed there is no time for that at that time there is a post you know event when you do a debriefing of what happened and that happens in the military you know where you do the briefing then you do the debriefing what happened what went wrong and you know officers sit around and that time even some soldiers are involved but you cannot have people expressing dissent and when i say that it's a slippery slope miraj like you said you're not saying that this guy should make political statements the example you gave of the general he should not be allowed to do that what i'm arguing for in fact is that he should not be allowed to do what he did like when he made political statements in a military that should run as a military he should be hauled up for that and hauled over coals you're saying he should be given even more freedom because he's doing it because we've had a particularly lousy army chief doesn't mean we should make that the convention we have had excellent army chiefs and they haven't done this the point is if we make this the standard then we are done i mean nothing can save us from there on and the second thing is that when you say like for example if you disagree then you leave the army now what happened in uh, during uh, 84 when the indian army stormed time up oh ho oh, my time is up okay okay, okay. Sorry, I'll just I have 
some seconds left so i'll just say we aren't disagreeing about this that the army man if he is told that you have to take a blood he should take that blood what i am saying is that he should also have the right to say i am dying for a stupid cause i'll take that blood but it's not i'm not agreeing with it so that's what when i started that it doesn't necessarily mean you're, you're not following orders okay mehraj when you say that he should be allowed to say i'm dying for a stupid cause he's not going to die for a stupid cause the thing is you cannot it's not obedience isn't an on and off switch there's some people who have been trained to be obedient and they will be obedient and if you don't train them to be obedient which is why i was giving you the other rules of the haircuts the boots polished your you know pips have to be absolutely polished your belt has to be shining all this is a part of making an entire community of people an entire army to be completely obedient you cannot say that he will say i'll die for a stupid cause then five other people will say it is not practical there is no example in the world where you can have a culture which is why culture an organization's culture is important why is rss the way it is because it comes from a deep rooted culture and everybody is an offshoot of that fountain and that culture will define every individual in that large mass you cannot say that they'll all come from the same culture but when convenient one of them will speak sense one of them will do this one of them that won't happen the entire organization will go and again i say it is such a powerful organization that has the means the training and the resources to do damage like nothing else and you keep giving the example of an organization like ours or someone we we cannot take over the city in 1984 when there was a re revolt by few of these uh, battalions or brigades of sikhs and then they started charging towards uh, harmandar saab when they heard that it had been stormed do you know how it was sh uh, shushed up and those people had to be removed from the army because if it comes push comes to shove people are very passionate about a lot of things and religion is one of them and at that time there were political reasons there were other reasons why mrs gandhi had to storm the golden temple now you may agree or disagree but if passions come to that head and one sikh soldier says you know what this is a stupid thing i won't do it the second says you know what not only will i not do this i will not let this happen what i am saying is you are wanting to grade something that cannot be graded we'll allow it from 0 to 2 but not from 2 to 4 we'll allow it for this reason but not for that reason no rule can work like that it has to be set in stone and if you go over the you know when you join the army it is i abhinandan sekhriyo mehraj whatever it is do swear in the name of the god that i will bear true faith and allegiance to the constitution of india you are promising the constitution of india and within the army and within the military rule you are allowed to disobey an order if it is unconstitutional a case can happen there will be a court of hearing and i know my father went for a court of hearing for a rather tucha reason because one of his soldiers got an std in an area where they aren't supposed to be you know fraternizing with local community so that guy was removed from the army but even the commanding officer was hauled up how did one of your soldiers go and get into an affair with someone down there and uh, get an std you see there is it's a very slippery slope and what you're prescribing is the kind of latitude that newsrooms have militaries cannot have that latitude it is a recipe for disaster so uh, the example you gave 1984 for example i think we misunderstand what we are talking about i'm talking about dissent what you're talking about here was rebellion that is not the same as dissent dissent is essential the example you gave of the soldier who was hauled up who disobeyed because the constitution allows him to even disobey orders that are illegal that same thing i am not even going that for i am not saying they should disobey those orders i am saying they should be allowed to publicly say that this was a wrong order this was an illegal order this was a moral violation for example a fake encounter happens for example torture happens for example rape happens they should be allowed to say this happened i mean if we had an if army men 
uh, soldiers hadn't come out and said publicly what happened in a war. We would never have known about war crimes in Vietnam, for example, in Kashmir, for example, in Chhattisgarh, for example. We wouldn't have known about these things unless people from within came out and said this, that this, this happened. And the other, other point about uh, the politicization of the military, because the example you gave earlier, because we have had a stupid army chief and he's been saying stupid things, that is not dissent. He agreeing with, uh, I mean, he using the army for political ends. That's what I started with. He using the army for political ends is a different matter than whether these officials, subordinate officials should have the right to say that this is not going the right way and they should be able to say it publicly. Also, what I fundamentally what I think is that giving the army the soldiers, the right to express dissent publicly is not only consistent with democratic principles, but also because it makes the institution of the military more democratic. And in a democratic society needs that. Because when you talk about checks and balances, especially in India, the army has absolutely none. And also, as I've explained earlier, I mean, it will bring accountability to an, to an institution that doesn't have any right now. Even the laws are designed to prevent accountability from happening. And what this means in practical terms in places like Kashmir or the Northeast to the Adivasi lands of the central India, it will actually save innocent lives. So, Miraj, did you manage to put all your points into the our structure of 20 minutes or do you think we should extend this time in future and we should I have... I really think we should extend this. We should have like a hafta thing because this is too small a time frame to say I all you want maybe, to say. Maybe we should consider making this a longer one because yeah, even I could not make all the points I wanted. But uh, good, yeah. I think we uh, didn't even scratch the surface here. Yes. Can, I, can I disagree quickly? Uh, yes. I, I, I'm the producer, Meghna. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we're all listening. So, I, uh-huh. I want to disagree with this because, you know, the entire point of the show is that you should be able to keep, make like quick points, quick effective uh-huh. points in a certain period of time. I mean, mm-hmm. that is what debating is about, right? I mean, if you, you yeah. do it, like you do it on Hafta and this week, guys, listen to Hafta where Babinandar and Mehraj will continue this argument. Yeah, we probably will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I think Abhinandan and I are more used to, gotten used to the Hafta format that I mean, yes, but we shall continue this another time. Maybe we should have some subscribers debate this and then we should, you know, extend this to a two on two format with two news laundry inside newsroom wallas and then two subscribers. And we should yeah, have teams. Also, guys, because. Yeah, also because, I mean, we are just learning this new format. It's only like the fourth episode, right? Yes. So yeah. please forgive us if we aren't up to the standard yet. Yes, we but will we be soon, but uh, continuously. I know we, we disagree on a lot of other things also, Miraj. We'll also come to those. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So uh, thanks, guys. Subscribe to News Laundry. Be a part of NL versus NL. Let's reclaim the debate. Let's demonstrate that you can disagree with friends, peers, people who you respect and like and yet not walk away abusing, cursing them. Thanks, Meghnath. Thanks, Mehraj. And thanks, Parikshit. Thanks a lot, guys. Bye-bye. See you again soon. Yeah, pay to keep news free. Be a part of NL versus NL. Be a subscriber. Bye-bye. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And subscribe to our YouTube channel.